Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Uh, we're back. I'm Robin. How are you guys? I just listened to all the little clips I've recorded throughout the weeks for you, and it's a, it's a ride. It's a wild ride. It's not that wild. In fact, some of them, I'm so relaxed. You guys, will, you guys, you guys are going to hear this, but believe it or not, in, in a lot of it, I'm so relaxed that I fear I'm sounding extremely boring, but I hope, I don't know. I don't know. I'm gonna post them anyway, we'll see how it is. I really like um, a, 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 a segment later on in the episode when I'm in a grocery store parking lot, that I like. But when I'm doing like retreat life, calm life, bath life, facial life, massage life, I'm like, whoa, maybe I do need to worry about if I start getting healthier, I'm gonna be just unbearably boring. This is what I feared all along. And listening back to this episode, I have good reason to fear that people who take great care of themselves tend to be a little more boring. Is that offensive to you guys? I don't know. It is offensive. It's an offensive thing to say. And it's also an idiotic and immature thing for me to say. But it's also true. (laughs) So I don't know. I'm not saying we all need angst. I'm not saying that. But I'm kind of saying it. Uh, So anyway, listen up. I'm just going to let you guys listen through. You'll hear me talk about where I'll be this week. That's Houston, September 17th, my show, Inman Gallery. I probably mentioned it too many times because I've recorded this episode throughout like two and a half weeks. So it's a little confusing to me about what I've said and not said. Hope you guys are doing well. More in a bit. I love you. Bye-bye. Okay, another fun note for all of you. Remember when I told you that I read the book called Rest by Alex Sue Jung Kim uh, Pang? Is that his last name? All of a sudden, I don't know his last name. Um, Anyway, Rest and then the subtitle, Why You Get More Done When You Work Less and how much I loved it. And being that I'm always so rushed to do everything and that I'm so obsessed with time and losing time and every day is driving me crazy because I don't have enough time. Um, I have fallen away from something that has been so important to me in the past. God, and I don't, I'll have to think about when I stopped doing this. It, it, It was probably around 2006 or seven, but prior to that, every book I read, you know, I have this sort of system where if I'm reading um, a tangible book, I always have a mechanical pencil in my hand and in the book, usually as the bookmark. Reluctantly, by the way, that's always just a default. I wish I always used a bookmark because I love bookmarks and I have thousands of bookmarks. Um, Anyway, shout out to those of you who back in the first year I did Twitter. If, If some of you exist, you still have these I, for fun, I don't know why I did this. I'll get back to the point about the rest book in a minute. But um, I was first on Twitter in maybe 2011, maybe 2000, yeah, 2011, I think. And I was really depressed. And um, I, for some reason, the only thing that made me feel better was making people bookmarks with their celebrity crush's face on them. And I don't remember if I just did it to anybody who asked or like I asked on Twitter, hey, if anybody has a celebrity crush, tell me and DM me your address and I'll send you a bookmark with their face on it. I'm not sure, but you guys, if you know me, you know I love cutting heads out 
like people's heads and then collaging them on. And so there were, you know, handmade collage bookmarks and I've always just loved them. Yeah, I would just find my favorite photo of whatever celebrity um, they picked and then print it out. I mean, so they're they're shitty too, you know, they're they're not like well made. I now have a laminating machine, so I could probably make them even better if I ever choose to do it. But yeah, so anyway, around that time, uh, a lot had happened with my hell drawing. You know, I had my show. I keep talking about this hell drawing, which is great timing since this sounds like this was planned, but it wasn't. <laughs> since next week on the 17th, I have a show opening in Houston with the hell drawing in it. Um, but, you know, I thought this was my... I mean, if I, I don't, th- I did never use this word, but thinking back, I, I was thinking about it like my, you know, opus. And that's so embarrassing to me now, but that's a lot of what I'm dealing with, with my workaholism and perfectionism. So much of that is tied to, you know, like delusions of grandeur or something, which again, humiliating to say this out loud, especially on the podcast, but it's just true. And I apparently am. <sighs> amazing at being vulnerable. So no big deal here. But anyway, um, yeah. So what was I talking about? Bookmarks, rest. Oh, so I finally am getting back into the practice. I'm doing something right now that I, I'm, I'm on a bit of a retreat of sorts at the moment. Uh, it is a retreat. It's not a bit of one and it's just me and I am somewhere alone and really taking care of myself. And it's insane and amazing and something I never thought I would do that anybody who's ever loved me has tried to get me to do from the beginning of time. I mean, I'm just, the the amount of details involved in how hard this is for me to do this, though, I just arrived. This is the first day of it when I'm talking to you. I don't even know what day of the week it is, but... um. It's a big deal to me. And anyway, what I'm doing is any book that I've read in recent times, I, I can't go back to 2007 and start there right now, but I'm, I'm trying to go backwards and looking at all the books I've read in recent times that I really want to digest more properly. And what I, what I used to do with those notes, okay, so back to my system, which I have never let up on. My system is mechanical pencil, And anytime I'm reading, I am, if I love something or if I'm questioning something, I underline it lightly with a mechanical pencil. And then I put an X in the upper right-hand corner of the book. And sometimes I'll put, you know, what I'm thinking or embarrassingly like a happy face or a heart symbol or X. Many times it's many exclamation points. Anything you've heard me read on me reading stuff, it's several exclamation points. Um, another thing it often is, is L period U period, which means look up, which means I don't understand what this is, which is usually a reference to somebody that I don't know who that is, or I don't know, a period of history that I don't know much about. Um, sometimes a word that I don't know the meaning of. So anyway, I, um, used to, then when I was finished with a book, I would then get out one of my notebooks and or whatever my current notebook was at the time, and which are my composition notebooks, if you guys have ever seen those, which are very near and dear to my heart. And then I um, 
transcribe everything that I've underlined. And then if it says, if it's a vocabulary word, that goes in the back of the book. So I have a special system that I did for so long in my life. And then just it's waned in years as I've become more and more, you know, busy. And, and when I say busy, I don't mean that in a good way. Um, basically busy in the way of avoiding all the things I truly need and love. And the way, I guess lately I've just been wanting to live the life that I want to live. Um, and, and, and you, and for me, that usually is something so simple. Like I want to eat very simply and, and healthily. I want to take walks every day. I want to spend a lot of time reading and I want to, I don't understand a book until I do this. I I really, which worries me about the past (laughs) decade plus that I haven't fully been engrossed in a book properly because reading it is only one thing for me. It's then looking back at my notes and, you know, transcribing them and writing them down. So, you know, today I've been writing all sorts of things from the rest book that I read earlier this year, which by the way, I didn't realize until now was the exact moment of discovery that I had that I was a workaholic. So it's interesting that this is the first book I cracked open to do this process with on this little retreat I'm doing for myself to kind of get back to center. Uh, Because suddenly I, I didn't really think back, like what caused all of this? I was trying to think about it with Damien who asked very kindly the other day, like, let's think about when this started for you. Um, where the, the shift from you're a workaholic, like I always knew I was a workaholic, but there was a sense of pride about that. And when did it shift into knowing there was a problem? And, um, anyway, in the rest book, they actually talk about that. Where did it go? I can read that to you really quick. Um, Okay, here, today's leaders treat stress and overwork as a badge of honor, brag about how little they sleep and how few vacations they take, and have their reputations as workaholics carefully tended by PR firms. Um, So yeah, and that I remember vividly. I always have this weird thing where I look up to Martha Stewart, and then I remembered one time in her magazine, she wrote about how she only sleeps four hours a night. And that honestly really fucked me up. And I, and I honestly, when I think about that, I think that started me on a really insane path. (laughs) If I can time that moment, I think that was definitely before I made my hell drawing. So, and also why the hell am I looking up to Martha Stewart so much? I mean, that is not somebody I necessarily want to be, but I do look up to her in some fucked up way. So anyway, the point being, uh, listen, by the way, this is not 10, almost 10 minutes. I am so sorry, you guys, but, and I will get through this and not talk about workaholism every fucking second eventually. But for right now, it is the thing that I am dealing with besides health stuff, which I think the workaholism is much more interesting to talk about. I mean, unless you guys really want to hear about ankylosing spondylitis and ulcerative colitis, (laughs) and eczema and what else is it um yeah mitral valve prolapse and you know methotrexate and humera if you guys want to hear about that i mean i am your person but if you don't 
then you better buckle up because I'm going to be talking about my workaholism, bitches. I'm not sure if I even made sense earlier about, did I even say what I'm doing? I mean, to make a long story short, I am now with my notebook looking through old books. This is my whole retreat, basically, and writing the notes on what I was most excited about or confused by um, to get my brain straight about the things <laughs> that have been in my mind. Does this make sense or not? I don't know. And what do you guys do? If anybody has a similar process or a process, does anybody do it like this? Is this a normal thing? And I, I don't know. I guess I've never talked to you guys about this very much. But anyway, I can't imagine. Here's the deal. I know I've talked about this on here. I can't imagine reading a book and not taking notes. And sometimes that drives me crazy. The only books I've done that on with were those crochet murder mysteries that I was reading when the pandemic first hit. I believe that's when I was reading those. Uh, remember those, the Betty Heckman books? I don't know that I ever read those aloud on the podcast, but I told you guys those were, again, I don't have guilty pleasures, but if I were to have what I consider a guilt, I'm not guilty at all about it, but a pleasure read was those Betty Heckman crochet murder mystery books. <laughs> and... uh those I don't take notes on. Um, and then if I reread old, like, uh, what are they called? Sweet Valley High books or Babysitter's Club. I wouldn't take notes on those. But I mean, I rarely read those books. When I do, it's the fucking time of my life. Uh, I wish I did more often. And I will, again. But anyway, yeah. The, the So anyway, I wasn't sure if that whole 10-minute explanation of what I'm doing right now with the books I've read recently, if that even made sense. Basically, I take notes in books and now I'm writing them down and I haven't done that in a long time. And I find this to be something very, very vital to my cognitive functioning. <laughs> and the fact that I haven't done this in so long, really, it upsets me and worries me, but also is over. I'm now doing it again. So no use crying over spilt milk. It is what it is. I'm getting better. I'm doing things that I like again. End of story. I don't think I mentioned this to you guys yet, but have you ever heard of somebody dying of irritation or also known as exhaustive psychosis? I think it's called. Um, Damien recently told me that David from Sesame Street, if you guys remember the early days of Sesame Street, remember David, um, that's how that guy died, that actor, from irritation. Can you imagine? Or exhausted? Like, can you imagine being so exhausted from your own brain that you just die? Oh my God. I actually can totally imagine that. And I am surprised that hasn't happened yet to me. Let's hope it never does, but you just never know. And now I know that's in a, oh, great. Now I just realized as a hypochondriac, I've got yet another worry. And this one's probably much more realistic compared to several of the other things I worry about. Anyway, died of irritation. Okay, so I'm still enjoying my relaxing getaway. And there was this special thing that you could get, which was like an in-room spa experience where they bring you all the stuff for this 
just incredible bath experience. And <laughs> I brought my book, you know, I like dimmed the lights, but made it enough to where I could still read once I got in there and everything. And when I got in there, it felt so good and the smells were so relaxing and everything just felt so awesome that all I wanted to do, I don't know how you describe this position. It's almost the position, well, of like a depressed person. Okay, so you know, like you're sitting and then your knees are up and your hand is in your face. Do you know what I mean? You're like in almost like a seated um, fetal position. My hands are on my face because it felt good. The hot water from my hands is like kind of was steaming my face. And I had never, I maybe had never been so relaxed. And then I thought, how funny that if anybody saw me, they would think I was more depressed than I've ever been when really I'm just more relaxed. And then I realized that I sort of liken doing nothing and just kind of having nothing going on to depression when it's not at all. Maybe all the people I ever thought were really depressed were just super calm all the time. I really think that might be the case. Okay, who here knows how much I love grocery stores? Raise your hand. All right, that's a lot of you. Who here knows how much I love grocery store parking lots? As long as they're not in the middle of cities. Those don't count. Like an L.A. parking lot? Oh, hell no. We are not hanging out in an L.A. parking lot. Not because of crime. I'm not saying anything about crime. I'm talking about um, the size one of the, the only things I miss about living in Texas, besides the general friendliness and the fact that my family's there, is um, the, the Texas grocery stores have the biggest parking lots that you've ever seen in your life. If you've never been to Texas, make a trip, plan to see as many grocery store parking lots as you possibly can, because they're incredible. They really are worth living there just for the grocery store parking lots. So I'm sitting in a grocery store parking lot right now. I just deposited something, a check. Uh, I'm trying to act like it's something else. I all of a sudden got embarrassed that I was depositing a check. I deposited something at the, uh, you know, at the bank. I don't know what it was. <clears throat> that reminds me of American Psycho when um, Patrick Bateman is, uh, the ATM is telling him to deposit a cat. Do you remember that? That's very strange. Um, anyway, so I'm losing my voice. I've had a lot of sinus problems lately. I thought I was getting COVID, but I don't have COVID. I just have sinuses. And anyway, so I'm in the bank and you guys know, I like to share my compliments with you. I always encourage you to share compliments with me. I either want you guys to write me messages where you brag about something or tell me about a recent compliment you got or tell me something you like about yourself. I love hearing those things from people. It's such a beautiful, I even ask like, you know, dental hygienists and, and people like that. Anybody I'm around who I shouldn't be asking these questions to, I do. What's your favorite thing about yourself? I asked the plumber. Um, let me think if I remember what he said. Oh, he said that he had re recently gotten healthy. He really liked the way he was eating and drinking and not, not drinking too much alcohol. And he was drinking um, dandelion tea. I liked that about him. Anyway, so I'm going to brag about a compliment I just got. 
So I go in there, I'm depositing my check. It was like millions of dollars too, just to be clear, like millions. And the lady at the bank said, I shouldn't call her a lady. She was like much younger than me. Well, that's still a lady. Anyway, she said, she goes, um, hey, this might sound weird, but you have a really calming uh, presence about you. And I was like, whoa, thank you. You know, that is not something I necessarily hear all the time. Although actually uh, people have been confused by me. I think I do. I think I disarm people. So that kind of makes people think maybe I calm them down. Maybe that calms people down. I don't know. I've kind of heard it before, but not like this. And then she said, and also you smell really calming. Now, I don't know what I'm giving off. I don't know what scent. I do, you know, you guys know I like to do essential oils. I've got those going uh, at home, I guess, or I did last night, but I don't know how it's still on me. Or maybe I'm trying to smell my sweatshirt. I guess it could be my sweatshirt because, yeah, maybe that's what it is. Anyway, I give a calming scent off. So I thought you guys should know that. Anyway, I'm sitting in the parking lot. And I brought the book that I want to read to you guys with me in the parking lot because I like the idea of taking you guys along with me on my on my journeys. Um, there's a guy over here. He is from the a company called Shreddit, and uh, apparently he's shredding a lot of things for the grocery store here. He's he looks like um, he looks like a young Alice Cooper. That's what he looks like. All right. Anyway, so. I've read this poem and I've read this poet many times on the podcast and I refer to it all the time to this poem. Um, but for various reasons this week, it's been on my mind. Um, did I tell you guys I did a newsletter? I did my first newsletter. I sent it out today and it was, I loved doing it. It was so good. You know, I am actively working on migrating from Instagram over to, um, just doing newsletters eventually and communicating through my website and the news section of my website. So I um, planned on including this poem at the bottom because it sort of applied to what I had been writing about regarding my upcoming show at Inman Gallery and all of that. Um, but it ended up not really fitting the mood once I once I officially wrote the newsletter. It didn't fit. But it's been on my mind for a lot of reasons. I think that, um, you know, as I get older, I'm 45 and a half now, and my parents are, you know, thank God they're still alive. I can't believe how lucky I am that I've had, A, I got born into great people's lives. I have great parents who are fun and funny and love me. They're not perfect. They'll tell you that. I'm not going to list any of their uh, negative traits right now, um, but they have them. Trust me on that one. Um, but I, but overall, I, I overall I just find them to be incredible people. Like I would love them if they were my neighbors and I didn't know them. I would be really excited to see them, and that's saying a lot because there have not been a lot of neighbors in my life that I love seeing besides David, Keith, and Dawn. And you guys, if you're still listening, you guys know who you are. I'm sure there's been other, I'm trying to think like, who am I offending who might be listening to this? Um, anyway, for the most part, I do not like neighbors. I do not like talking to neighbors. I like ignoring neighbors and I like plotting my journey to the mailbox so that I will never see those people. 
I don't dislike, I don't even know them. I don't want to know them. I just don't want to talk to strangers when I am near my home. I talk to strangers at the grocery store. I talk to strangers, I don't know, in various places. I'll talk, I'll talk to anybody at a restaurant if, if something calls for it. But if you're close to my home, I do not want to talk to you because you're interrupting my me time. Um, but my parents, I would talk to, God, I am all over the place. Um, anyway, what, what am I talking about? Okay. So my parents are getting old. Um, I'm about to see my parents and we're, you know, we're talking about old, old people, things that are very difficult conversations to be very honest with you. Um, those of you in my age group, um, and older will understand what I mean. Um, as your parents get older, you know, luckily my parents are still very healthy, but one never knows. Now does one to quote David Foster Wallace. All right. So anyway, it's the poem is writers writing dying by CK Williams. This was his final poem before his death in 2015. It's the final poem in this book, which is just so, I, I mean, it's almost like, did he plot this out per, this perfectly? Because I would have. If I were getting old and maybe I had some sicknesses, I'd be like, yeah, this should probably be my last poem. I'm out. I'll write some more, but don't publish it. I want this to be known as my last poem because how badass will that be? And if you haven't heard the other reading of it from the other podcasts where I've read it, um, this will be new to you and you'll be amazed knowing that this is this man's last poem. You can listen to the other episodes if you want to know more about C.K. Williams or do a little research yourself. He's great. He's a great guy. Um, and this poem is, well, here we go. Let's do this. You've heard me quote it many times at the end of the podcast, too, so you'll recognize it. Writers writing dying. Many I could name but won't who'd have been furious to die while they were sleeping but did. Outrageous. They'd have lamented and never forgiven the death they'd construed for themselves, being stolen from them so rudely, so crudely, without feeling themselves like rubber gloves, stickily stripped from the innermostness they'd contrived to hoard for so long, all of it gone, squandered, wasted, on what? Death. Crashingly boring as long as you're able to think and write it. Think, write, write, think. Just keep running faster and you won't even notice you're dead. The hard things when you're not thinking or writing, and as far as you know, you are dead, or might as well be, with no word for yourself, just that suction shush like a heart pump or straw in a milkshake. And death, which once wanted only to be sung back to sleep with its tired old fangs, has me in its mouth. And where the hell are you, that chunk of dying we used to call muse? Well, dead or not, at least there was that fancy of some scribbler, some think-and-write person. Maybe it was yourself, soaring in the side-reel void. And not only that, you were holding a banjo and gleefully strumming and singing, jaw swung a bit under and off to the side, the way crazily happy people will do it. Singing songs are not even songs, just lolly-molly syllable sounds. And you'd escaped even from language, from having to gab, from having to write down the idiot gab. But in the meantime, isn't this what it is supposed to be dead, with that Emily fly buzzing over your snout, that you're singing almost as she did? So what matter if you died in your sleep or rushed towards dying? 
like the Sylvia Hart part of the tribe, who ceased too quickly to be and left out some stanzas. You're still aloft with your banjoless banjo, and if you're dead or asleep, who really cares? Such fun to wake up, though. Such fun, too, if you don't. Keep dying. Keep writing it down. Mm, I want to throw shit. This poem makes me crazy. Such fun to wake up, though. Such fun, too, if you don't. Keep dying. Keep writing it down. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, C.K. Williams, up there in the sky and the clouds and the trees, soaring with the eagles, wherever you may be. I love this poem, and I love you, and I love people like you. There's a lot of you guys who are listening who do incredible things like write these kind of poems. And I don't know how you do it, but I love it. I used to think I was a good writer. Um, There was an experience I had that I'm not going to say out loud that made me scared that I wasn't a good writer. And I hope I get over that one day because I really, really, really love writing. Um, But anyway, I do other things. Speaking of which, you guys, this week... This is the week. I will be in Houston starting tomorrow, as a matter of fact. I don't know what day I'm talking to you guys or whatever. But anyway, I'll be in Houston. My show, Hell and the Paradisal, opens on Saturday, September 17th. I'll be there talking with Damien, actually, having a back-and-forth conversation with him at 1 p.m. at the gallery, at Inman Gallery. You can find all of this in the description of the podcast or hit up my Instagram. But more than anything, you need to get on my newsletter. So go to my website, robinoneal.com. Go to scroll to the bottom of the page, any of the pages, and that's where you can sign up for my newsletter. Um, and pretty soon, that'll be the only place you can kind of hear me converse other than on the podcast. So listen up. Uh, then there will be an opening at from two to four. So from one to four, I will be around um, at Inman Gallery, and you are invited to be there. And I hope you guys can be there. This is a very rare chance to see my drawing, Hell, my 2011. Let's call it an epic drawing. Let's just call it that. As much of an asshole as I sound when I say that, it is kind of an epic drawing. Uh, you're not going to be able to see this very much unless, unless some museum in the world does what's right and fucking purchases this drawing. Am I right? Does anybody feel me on this? The fact that that drawing is still just floating around, nobody gives a shit, is unreal to me. I'm just being honest. It's, it's ridiculous is what it is. I mean, the kind of things that museums buy these days and this isn't good enough? Okay. All right. All right, everybody. Message received. It's enough to make me honestly... I'll be honest with you guys. There's a lot going on with me where I'm just like, do I... Do I need to put myself through this anymore? Because I'm really thinking I don't. And you know what? I'm going to say it right now. I'm outing myself. I'm taking a year-long sabbatical. So there. And you want to know why? A, obviously, we talked about my workaholism in the last episodes. I needed it. I burned myself out. I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted. Life is exhausting. But being an artist is the most exhausting. That's the part that's really getting me. I have worked my ass off for so long. I have put everything I have into this life as an artist. Everything. 
and I'm a chump. I'm a joke. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, why would I do this? You only have so, so much time on planet Earth. And um, I used to think that being productive and making your mark in this world or whatever was uh, the thing to do. I'm starting to really rethink that. I'm starting to really think that's because I was a young idiot. So nobody cares if I do this. Truly, they don't. Nobody's like, you know what? I need Robin to be doing this. I just do. And I know what you guys are saying. I'm not trying to get attention right now. I'm not trying to say, can you guys please give me a compliment? I like the compliment about me seeming like a calming presence today. But I don't need, I don't, I, I'm not trying to like, you know, collect compliments from this little speech I'm giving you guys by, by accident, by the way. I'm going to regret this and I, I'm going to regret saying all of this. Um, but I mean it. I've been thinking these same things for about a year. And it just keeps getting worse. Um, you know, I don't get back 1% of what I put into it. There, there's how I would summarize it to you. And is that, I mean, you guys talk to me. There's a lot of artists and uh, different kinds of artists, like writers and stuff, filmmakers listening. Is that just the state of being an artist? Um, because I really will say, I give everything of myself and I get almost nothing back from this, from doing this this way. And it's starting to feel like the actions of a, of an insane person. It really is. So that is what I didn't plan on saying, but what I said. And the sabbatical is going to be all 2023. And this was again, back to that book on rest that I told you guys about by Pang, P-A-N-G. Um, that guy wrote a book that changed my life. I was just taking more and more notes on it. And it was just like, okay, it's nonstop. And then I was talking to my brother on the phone and he's a bit of a workaholic like me. And um, I was quoting from that book to him. And the book really encourages sabbaticals. So uh, for people like us, and I'm including you guys, because I know a lot of you guys have this problem. Speaking of which, I really, really, really appreciate everybody who... Um, reached out after last week's podcast about uh, workaholism. It turned out there were a lot more of us in the uh, me reading stuff, listening family than I ever could have dreamed. And I got some really good information from a lot of you. So I appreciate that. And again, I know it's a Workaholics Anonymous is a 12-step program. So, you know, you got to stay a little bit anonymous. Um, but I was in a desperate place. And I always think promoting it a bit, like just like saying this has changed my life and saved my life for any of the 12-step programs is a good thing. As you guys know, I'm also an Al-Anon member. So um, the point is, is that I thank you guys for reaching out. And some of you reached out just to show support and love. And I loved that. But a lot of you guys are workaholics and understand my plight. Um, yeah. I I really appreciate it. I feel like I had something else to say about that, but I don't know what it was. So uh, anyway, C.K. Williams, get the book. Um, art, it sucks. Uh, <laughs> hell, that drawing doesn't suck. Museums, what the fuck are you doing? Um, that's about it. I'll come back in here in a minute and say goodbye. And, uh, yeah, I'll send you guys on your way. All right. Bye-bye. Um, I, I heard your latest podcast episode. Yeah. 
Hey, you really put it all out there, don't you? All right, so that's it. What do you guys think? In the end, is my relaxation the most boring thing you've ever heard? Should I should I just give up on taking care of myself? What do you guys think? Let me know. I don't know anymore. I'm so confused. I, I feel like I'm 55 different people in one right now. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm all about taking care of myself. I'm so healthy right now. And I'm also like, I'm losing my fucking mind and I'm going to kill everybody in existence. So I don't know who I am. I don't know who you are. I don't know what the hell's going on. I know I have um, a rat that's making my house smell. Or I think it's a dead rat under the house. Everything's disgusting right now. Uh, I haven't mentioned that yet. I know I still love uh, grocery store parking lots. And I still love you guys. So take care of yourselves. Um, I'll talk to you guys next week. All right. And I'll see some of you guys in Houston on Saturday. Bye-bye.